crushed my tongue twister with a lot of peas in it for testing microphones. That was just nonsense. No, that's gibberish. That's how you do it. It's I'm a professional. No, I'm not done yet. <laughs> it's still going. It's still going. That's part of the tongue twister. You gotta wait for it. All right. Now I'm done. <laughs> well, then uh, let's use that cue to start our podcast, Jeff. Yeah, okay. Hey, everyone. It's the uh, Giant Bobcast. It is Tuesday. Uh, well, no, it's September now. It's not August it's, anymore. It's no longer. I was about to say August. It's Tuesday, September the 2nd, Dude, 2008. Like, we flew to Seattle when it was August. Yeah. now we're back and it's September. That's like time travel. Something or just the passage of time, Brad? Uh, yeah, through travel, no, through yeah. time. I'm with him, dude. We were on a weird. We went on like an a airplane. Twilight Zone plane. Yeah, like Alaska Airlines. You can't trust them. <laughs> they got flux capacitors instead of jet. Engines. Are you guys stoned? Is that what's going on here? Uh, well, I have them playing. Like, well, it's just like we're traveling through time. I have, man. I have them frolicking in a garden with pinatas. So, oh, uh, oh goodness, maybe. that doesn't sound. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like an M-rated experience to me. Oh, brother. You don't know. You don't even know. Uh, well, why don't you tell me about it, Brad? Let's uh, let's talk about the games we're playing. Okay, I'm playing New Viva Pinata. New Pinata, uh, Trouble, Trouble Paradise. Paradise. We talked yeah. about how you couldn't talk about it last week. Yeah. Now uh, you can. Now can we talk about how you can talk about it this week? Yeah, I can talk about it. Excellent. So, what can you talk about? Everything. But don't actually talk about it. Oh, uh, I could say anything I wanted to. I'm just not gonna. Okay. Excellent. Right. Next. No, actually, yeah, I do I want to know. Okay. Like, so is this everything that you could want from a Viva Pinata sequel? Um, maybe not everything, because it's a lot of the first game. Like this, actually, it, it feels basically like an expansion pack on the first game. Like, you jump into it, the like the grass textures are the same, the pinata models for the pinatas that were in there in the first place are the same. But you also have new pinatas. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of new stuff, but, like, most of the music is the same. A lot of the voiceover is the same, you know? So, like, it feels more like it was just... Wait, wait, wait. So not even just the same actors, but, like, oh, no, literally no, like the same Specifically, like, you go to Costalot's store, and she says, you know... I can't remember any of her lines, but, like, they'll definitely come back to you when you, when you play it. Uh, so, yeah, there are a lot of new pinatas. There are two wild areas. There's the Pinarctic and the Desert Desert. Uh, and you go to those places to trap wild pinatas that don't normally come to your garden. Um, you can't actually build anything in those in those places. You just go there, trap stuff, and come back. Um, there's some other stuff, but you can like that's the, one of the other things is like new surface packets or whatever. So you can yeah. you can make yeah, your yeah, garden yeah. into yeah, a so desert like, yeah, or like, the Arctic. Right, or you whatever. can drop snow and sand in, yeah. in your. In fact, you have to. I mean, so basically, once you trap a pinata in one of those places. Uh, it doesn't like it basically doesn't automatically become a resident when you ship it back. Like it just is there. You still have to figure out a way to keep it there. Yeah, and huh. uh, if you don't do it quickly, it'll kind of wander off. Like, that's screwed up. I know. So that's it's pretty. That's it's pretty demanding. It's harsh. The game is still demanding. Like, yeah, I actually played like half an hour of it this morning, and dude, it got you. Yeah, it, it, like the first ten like, levels. It's just like, oh god, more visitors. Oh god, more visitors. Oh god, ah. And I just wanted it to stop. Like, I wanted to be able to, like, pause it and be like, all right, no one move while it's, I plot out what I'm going to do here. I know. It's like in the first game. Like, there, you're, you probably got, like, a, a six-item mental agenda at any given time. And yeah. if you focus on one of them, you lose the other five. It's just for the first 10, 12 levels or so, yeah, it's like yeah. it's just they're throwing stuff at you left and right. But uh, Microsoft made a pretty big deal about how they were making this one easier to play. Have you messed around with the 
Uh, the, what, what exactly the, the alternate uh, control scheme or what, whatever? What, what exactly was their messaging on that? I'm not sure what you mean. Like it plays very much like the original. Just that it would be simpler and less crazy and arcane. Well, they streamlined uh, a couple of menus. Yeah, yeah. Some of the menus have been busted down. Like uh, mainly seeds and uh, seeds. I think that's about it. Like, you want to grow little... some plants, man? Yeah, it's way easier, easier it's bro. Easier. Yeah, like you have a way little hydroponics, easier, bro. some grow lights. I'm, I'm looking to grow some tomatoes in my closet. <laughs> Hydroponic style. <laughs> yeah, you could pop up a little, um, a little, just a little pop up menu bar. You can cycle through seeds and buy them without leaving your garden. But are like, those seeds still, fair trade? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> You should ask Cost a lot. I doubt it. You They're know, coming from these, these factory farms for pinatas. Yeah. Um, still, everything else you got to buy, like fertilizer, garden items, all that stuff, you still have to navigate through like six levels of menu to get to that stuff with load times in between. So still clunkier than I would like, but the game's so good, you just suffer through it. But you still just love your pinatas. Yeah. Of sending your pinatas off to parties. I want to buy stuffed pinatas and sleep in the pile of pinatas. Have you messed with the uh, the crazy camera stuff much? Uh, Jeff's been playing with that. I, I was screwing out with it. So. I got to go crack into that after this. Have podcast. you been able to, to make sense of that stuff yet? Like make it go? Yeah. So uh, the game comes with one double sided card you can use to scan in uh, some stuff. Like a, there's a pret's tail on one side, and I think the other one has money on it or something like that. Um, but then you can also go to vivapinata.com and you can log in with your, your stuff and view other stuff that people have uploaded, other pictures that have the little barcode on it. And you can print it out and hold it up to the camera. And actually, there's no, like, button you hit. You just hold it up to the camera and the cam- like the, the little view of the camera slides out. It's like, all right, we're working on it. We're thinking about it. And you got to hold it really steady and then it eventually will beep in and, uh, and you will get what's on the card. It seemed pretty fussy. Yeah, well, yes. The lighting in here is not so great. The lighting in, in our underground lair here, not terrific. So I'm willing to bet that that has something to do with it. Also, the second one I was trying to scan in, I was trying to scan in off the screen of my laptop, and uh, that didn't. It, it would it would like draw a box around the card, so it could see that that was a card, but it just couldn't see it well enough to actually read in the whatever the little fakey barcode thing on it uh, that actually brings it in. But yeah, if you go there, you can you can go print out stuff. I don't know. They said early on that you'd be able to like hold up your iPhone yeah. to it yeah, I'm and, go and try do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to want to try that. Um, and basically, it seems like it'll just let you drop whatever you want into your garden. I think they manage it by having the different items cost a certain amount of money. Hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, what part of the barcode on the card is that, you know, this... This thing is is this awesome, so it'll cost you this much if you just want to scan it in. I think that'll prevent people from just, you know, dropping in whatever the hell they want and, and basically breaking the game. So some kind of checks and balances there. Yeah, just to keep you from, from scanning it all in and saying, I win! Well, was but, there actually money on the reverse of that card? There was a picture of money. I don't wow. know. I, 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 I tried to, I tried to scan it times. in, and it was like, no. <laughs> It just because it, it's I guess some cards can only be used in certain spots oh. or something like that, and it would just it would blink red. Pay off a little, your dealer. Says so like, no, nope, you can't do that right here. Mm. I gotta say, uh, when the first one came out, I never realized what a great gateway drug this is for wives and girlfriends. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I can girl- imagine. I mean, this my- is very much you know from the same template as the Pokemon. Oh yeah, Animal Crossing, all that stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, but uh, without the fighting. Yeah, it's like Pokemon, except all you have to do is play with your cute little. Pinata animals, yeah, yeah, basically. and they uh, have a, they have a just for fun mode in there that I think takes all the rules out. So if you just want to drop in whatever, no rules. Yeah. yeah, it's no rules. Like, but instead of a hamburger, it's, it's all the pinatas you got. 
Lawless land of pinatas. That's right. Yeah. Pinatas with knives in their teeth. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, old pinatas. I, I sat around all weekend. My girlfriend was over. Uh, my cousin and his wife were here. And the two females basically sat there like demanding that I play the game. They were just like, turn it on. And then five hours later, like they're sitting there telling me what to grow and which pinatas to romance. And So you should have like given them a controller because it's got like this four-player co-op mode. Yeah, we should have. We totally should have tried. You could have had them whoa, digging whoa, holes for down. you. Yeah, I could have just sat back and... Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, you go over there. Yeah, First six that. free. But, uh, this is women's work. The, the the happy ending to that story is, I think, now that my cousin and his wife are going home, they're buying an Xbox. Huh. Like, he has permission now to get an Xbox 360. <laughs> so, yeah, so it sounds like more of the same, maybe some a few new features, but they didn't break it. No, definitely not. Well, I mean, it's better. It's, it is improved in some ways, not in every way that I would have liked, but enough ways coupled with a $40 price tag that, like, dude, go play this. That makes it a pretty easy sell. Yeah. Do you uh, think that 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 price is because they know there's a, a lot of reused material in here? I would say like that and probably the weak sales performance of the first game. Because, I mean, did that come out at 60? Do you remember? Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. It did. And I, it? I thought it was like 50. I do not remember. It might have been 50, but... Remember I it came in that fancy-ass yeah, box yeah. with yeah. the clamshell? Yeah. And, and then the, I went to Kinko's and printed out a regular cover and tracked down an empty 360 case, and that's what <laughs> I keep... You are a lunatic. I know. <laughs> that's just that's how much I like that game. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. 40 bucks seems like a fair price, especially if you didn't play the first one. You're stupid. Go play it. Very good. Uh, so that's That's been sucking up most of your time, then? Pretty much, yes. Not much else nope. getting in there? No, no, that was it. Vinny, hey, hey, how's it going? I haven't heard much. You've been you've been pretty quiet. I was eating a rice cake. How did that rice cake with caramel? Caramel, caramel, caravel. It it was okay. Carvels. It was all right. It's no whopper. James James Carvel. You got cookie puss in here. (laughs) Cookie puss. Uh, what did I play this weekend? I played the game of Pax, and then uh, that's right. We all played the game of Pax, which uh, I guess we'll get to a little bit. I, I, I don't know what there is. Yeah. I don't know what there is to get to. to. We got L- to it on Saturday L- night. We have covered everything uh, <laughs> in a clear and efficient manner. <laughs> we, yes, we we did our podcast. The coverage continues. We did our podcast, which was recorded right after we did our panel. Yes, which is now up on the site. But our panel is just now going up on the site as we're recording this. So I, perhaps a little bit backwards. So I think I think it'll make a lot more sense for people if they watch the panel and then listen to the podcast. That's probably Whereas true. before uh, it was just like. So let me get this straight. You guys went to Seattle, and all you did is get wasted <laughs> and then turn on these microphones? Yep, that's uh, about it. Uh, yep, that's it, baby. <laughs> so wait, that's the clarification? Or is that the confusion? I think that was the, the, the oh. confusion. <laughs> we showed up, and we played some video games, then we, we did, did a panel. Yes. Then we got wasted. There's more video to come of us say. on the show floor. Yes. We actually did go to the show floor. That's right. We did. We like, saw stuff. We went to PAX. Interviews. Yeah. We talked we to people. We did. Uh, so, that's so, so after PAX, post-PAX. Right, immediately after PAX, I played some Mercs 2, which I think we uh, some other people at the table right. also played. Jeff and I also. Yeah. We, are, we all bought that all at once yeah. on our way back from the, the airport. In an act of shared lunacy. We could not wait. <laughs> uh, uh, so should we talk I regret, about... I regret nothing. Should, should we go into that? Anyone want to talk about Mercs 2 Let's right talk now? about Mercs 2. I want to hear sure. about that. I'm okay. curious. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I think there are some issues with that game. Yeah. Uh, some issues, some technical issues that uh-huh. are not maybe by design. But uh, overall, I think it's okay. Put, yeah. Put in I've, some time. I think I would agree with that. I I probably played maybe six hours or so, maybe a little more. Um, a lot of it feels kind of old. There's There's like... 
the the implementation of the physics does not feel up to kind of what I've come to expect from more re- like more recent games have done this kind of destructible stuff and stuff flying everywhere better and with a little more uh, fidelity. So this is rag. It's using Ragdoll 1.0. <laughs> yeah, so like, like Ragdoll 2.0. Like straight up stuff like the Ragdoll. Like when your guy gets hit by a RPG or whatever, and you go flying through the Woo! air and you hit the ground, and then it's you know your Clumpy. legs up behind your ears and just <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have any of like that Euphoria style stuff in it. Right? Are you, uh, are you saying this game feels like a game intended for release in 2006? Kinda. Yeah. Right. It, okay. it kind of feels like if I had played this game around the same time that say just cause had come out yeah. my mind would cause. be blown it uh but definitely got oh just wait cause, whatever your mind was too busy being blown by just cause no because this straight up has the grapple a uh <laughs> helicopter, helicopter what? Move. yeah you, you get you get you get a grapple no there's points. no parachute oh, well, yeah. but the, the health system is so crazy <laughs> that you can just straight up jump out of choppers yeah. anywhere and live yeah, wow. so, uh, all right let's take a minute just to talk about the health system because that's probably the it's weirdest a, it thing. lies to you like my health, but in a good way. I, I it, is, it, it lies in you. It, it tells you. It's like, hey. You got two health. It's saying, yeah, oh, so you've it, only got two health. Yeah, Back it well, off. But yeah, so the, the realization becomes like the, the difference between like, oh, God, I've only got two health. To, Whatever, I got two health. I, got two health. <laughs> I can run around and take a couple more hits with the rocket launcher. Yeah, exactly. So a rocket could go off near me. I could probably get <laughs> shot a few more times. Whatever. I died once. And I think I died once because I was testing out the health system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, the health system's weird. The screen grows red and kind of beats like a heart when you get kind of low on health. And I've had that stay on for a really long time. And then my, my health just kind of jumped back up to like 90 or 100. So like That it, is weird. Yeah. yeah. So I think your health, you're supposed to just regenerate health. Your guy yeah, just yeah. gets his health back. Normally it'll bounce you from 2 to like 20 and then yeah. go to 40 and go from there. Yeah. So I had, a, I had a long play session yesterday where my health would just stay at 2 until I found a health pack, which they also have running around. So it was not regenerating on screen, but I was also just getting the crap blown out of me constantly. Weird. So uh, it's like there's debug mode on and like you cannot die. Yeah, it definitely feels like super extra forgiving, which is kind of nice, yeah. I guess. But at the same time, I don't know. Like my problems with that game are that the best part about it are the explosions. Yeah, that's really the only thing that like when you see that you're just like, oh, dude, whatever. This yeah. game's awesome. <laughs> Blown up the giant like the oil containers and yeah, like yeah. you're knocking down buildings. Make your screen yeah. go white. Yeah, exactly. Just like the flash of just like, oh my god, <laughs> wait, dude will wince away yeah. and cover like, something. What just happened? Oh, Jesus! Yeah. Did I do? Oh man! But then to do that, to actually call in airstrikes, you have to go into the pause menu, equip that type of airstrike. You can only have three different things equipped, and this also includes like supply drops and stuff like that. Vehicle drops. Yeah, vehicles and all that. And then you have to go out and then hit up or down on the D-pad to cycle through your equipped things and then push the A button to call it out. And if you move at all while it's out, it goes away. So you can't, like, call it out, then get in position, then hit yeah. A. You have to get in position, stand there, probably get shot at a bunch while you cycle through the stupid menu, and then hit A to call the guy in. It's, like, way more difficult than it should be. Like, I should be... So as a result, I've been playing through the game without using a lot of airstrikes, which is dumb because that's the best part of the game, but it's easier for me to just shoot. Actually, I don't even shoot guys. <laughs> I just run into them and use melee. It's one-hit kill, yeah. and with the way the health goes, you can just, like, rifle-butt your way through that entire game. I shoot them. It's the, the, you get ammo all the time anyway. So you do, just, but just, it's like it was faster for me because it oh. seems like the default, like the standard weapons don't shoot very well. No, they're like they're kind of all over spray, the place. Yeah, yeah. I just use a rocket I, I almost, I almost have to wonder because I, I don't, I'm not having that problem with the the 
the shooting stuff. I feel like I put a beat on a guy and he goes down pretty quick. Uh, but I, I almost wonder if you it, you see a lot of like your tracer fire going all over the place, and I almost wonder if that's for effect, if that's just to make it look m- more chaotic and crazy. Well, you can also see the enemy's health when you have it aimed at him, and you can see what's hitting and what's not. My bullets will definitely hit guys that are like in towers eventually. I just have to kind of hold on it for a bit. And the, the auto-aiming is, is pretty severe. It'll snap it's you. Na- yeah, that's good. like Call of Duty 4 style. Yeah. Like, it'll snap to a guy. I, I got the headshot achievement. For, oh, yeah. yeah. Within, like, <laughs> and it was just nothing. spraying yeah. dudes. Yeah. And you're, now you're talking, Jeff, about the, the airstrikes. Another problem is how you actually get new airstrikes and stuff like that. Right. Like, you'll, you'll find some of that stuff in the environment, and you can call in your helicopter buddy and have him grab it, pick it up, and take it off, and it'll add it to your thing. Right. But other than that, you have to go and buy them, and just like the store process in this game, I just feel like there's a lot of just kind of usability issues with this game. Like, there should be some sort of central store. Instead, you have these different factions, and then there's people in these different factions that'll sell you stuff, but what they'll sell you will depend on your faction standing. I feel like I should be able to go back to, like, home base, the PMC base, yeah. and access all of the stores at once from there, like, electronically, and have them... And, that, and that's what I thought you something. had to do at first, and I was kind of like, where where do I buy this stuff? Yeah. Until they're like, Because, no, like, the, the game constantly, like, before you take on a mission, if you don't have specific equipment, like, your little lady, your Australian girl will come up, or she... Bred it, She's Australian. Australian. Yeah, Australian. I think she's Australian. She pops up and says, like, we need more firepower. You need to go get this from your contacts. And I'm like, all right, then. And uh, <laughs> But I don't. And I've never needed it because the game's like pretty easy. But it's always like, oh, you need like four daisy cutters for this yeah. mission and some really heavy boats. I'm like, dude, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk over there. Oh, I swam a lot of places, too. Really? Just jumped in the water and swam. <laughs> I finally, <laughs> like, when I got unlocked the pirates or whatever, I finally just bought, like, ten jet skis. Oh, okay. I was just like, dude, whatever. I'm just going <laughs> to, this will be faster in the long run. It's, Those it's, jet skis are fast. Money is not an object but in that game, really. But you can't shoot while you're on a vehicle that doesn't have a mounted weapon. Right. There's, there's yeah, no, like, there's no drive-by and, functionality. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's a lot of really... Weird, unfortunate uh, stuff in that game. Also, like, I could have sworn when we were at E3, and I think Ryan, you were getting a demo. The guy demoing it jumped from the driver's seat, like around the back to the turret gun, without getting out of the car. You're I thinking have, of Borderlands. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because because when you told me that, I was like, dude, yeah, I totally saw that at E3. Yeah, and I had to think for a good long time, and it's totally. Oh, is that what it was? And he like grabbed. The He's thing. got the little animation where yeah. he like slithers back to the. Oh, okay. The turret and then back again. Because I wish you could do that in this game. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> like all the vehicles are built for co-op. Like that game seems like it'd be way more fun playing with another person. Yeah. Because all the vehicles are are built for for having a second player manning a gun somewhere, and without that, it's kind of like. It's kind of hard to get the AI to kind of stick around with you for more than like a couple. Like as soon as you get out of the car, they jump off. Then you got to like get back in, honk the horn, and hope the guy gets back on. I've never even bothered Bothered. to do that. Yeah, the game again. The game is so uh, lets you run around and just shoot things so easily. Yeah, and I'm like forty five percent complete, and I haven't really played it that much. Like it seems really like I feel like I'm kind of wrapping it up. See, I, I had the same feeling, except I am still on, like, the first two factions. Like, I just started doing stuff for the Rebels, and I'm in, like, the mid-30s or something. Well, don't a lot of, of open-world games, story-wise, wrap up in, like, the 60 to 70 range? Yeah. Say, right? Well, that's the yeah. thing that's it's weird. Like, it's like, I'm go. getting the inverse. I feel like I have gone, like, I, you know, mid-high 30s seems like a large completion 
percentage for the amount of stuff I've actually done in that game. Yeah, but like I think that this game is maybe just a little more honest with its percentages because if you go to the menu, like it clearly states all of the factions in the game, if whether you've met them or not. Hmm. So it's just like you haven't done any missions for the Chinese. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, who? <laughs> oh, guess we'll see them eventually. Yeah. Um, it just it does not seem like a game that has been in development for as long as it has. It has just weird roughness to it, just kind of all around. Just the amount of times uh, voice clips repeat for different oh, characters. Man, you yeah. hear the same thing. <sighs> if I hear the, the your Australian uh, support agent say, if you're confused about yeah. what to do, come back to the home base right. and uh, talk to, like, to me. Like, it's like, while you're clearly on a mission, too. Yeah. It's not like you're just like standing there. And also stuff like uh, information about where you are in the world, like when you first enter an area, but this region's controlled yeah. by the VZ. Or, you know, when you're pulling out of the home base, like, turn left to go here, turn right to go mm-hmm. here. It's like, dude, I, I get it. <laughs> I've done this a few times. I, no, I know. Yeah. I'm following the stupid dotted line on the GPS anyway. Well, like, the GPS is kind of whacked out anyway. The GPS bit. is not great. I yeah. just kind of go in the general direction, then get out and run up the hill. <laughs> Man, I feel like I should not play this game. Oh, uh, but but uh, again, I, I'm still having fun with it. Like uh, uh, I didn't find it to be. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't gotten. To I, the I was playing it until like you know one in the morning last night, and I was still like it, it has problems, and I think there are pacing issues with it. it. It's not super clear about kind of how you progress a lot of the time, but blowing stuff as, up is cool. It's like a game that literally has you in like god mode the entire time because you you just can hijack these tanks and helicopters and you are supremely overpowered like you blow the crap out of anything if you're in a tank rolling up on a base there's you blow up like you yeah like some of the missions have you blowing up some really impressively large structures bad explosions can make up for a lot of other but even i think it does that does make up for a lot of the faults but not enough of them like i i found most of the missions to be super super boring Mm. I like. I just enjoyed. There was a mission where you have to escort this dude around while he's destroying documents, and you go to these different points, and then you know there will be a, a rush of dudes, and you're on these big fat uh, recoilless yeah cannons recoilless or... cannons, and just these 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 big guns, and watching just you know tr- you know truck after truck and jeep after jeep come at you, and then helicopters come and you just blow up all of them in quick su- succession. That was just really fun. Like, that's still totally satisfying, watching this flaming hunk of chassis go flying through the <laughs> See, air. See, for that, for me, that that mission was pretty annoying, because at one point it was like, get up to the tower! Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, there's a tower. I went like right nothing to, around yeah. me looked like a tower. <laughs> I see. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. But I could. Yeah. I could. Yeah, there does seem to be an issue with uh, clarity with some of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna keep playing it, and it sounds like we all are. But Mercenaries Two has it's got some issues. It's got some issues. I'm still still definitely grappling with that. I, I really. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I, I wanted I, the I game like, to be better. I, yeah, exactly. Like there there are definitely that things that I like about it, but man, I, I really wish it was Mercenaries Three has the potential to be awesome. Coming in 2014, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so that was Mercenaries Two. Let's continue with that, and then. Yeah, I don't think I really played too much else. I just kind of got home on Sunday, played some of that. Uh, then Monday, played a little bit more, did some work, and that's about it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, I have some some weird, exciting news. Uh, last week on the site, I uh, wrote a little story about how I was playing the Castle Crashers and uh, how, because I was playing on a machine other than the machine that I had bought Castle Crashers on, my uh, my save game had disappeared. 28 levels gone. Uh, over the weekend, I I booted the game back up on my home machine, and somehow, mysteriously, the save data that was on my work machine 
appeared again, and so all 28 levels uh, are back, and all my progress uh, I've, has I've, been yeah, restored. I wish that I could say the same thing. Yours, yours is still messed up, so this is still definitely an issue, and the fact that it disappeared on this other machine is still... A pretty serious issue. I guess some people are having it disappear on the same machine, right? So it's it's not even an issue that that's necessarily limited to people that are crazy and are moving profiles and all that stuff. But like, yeah, I've leveled I think four different dudes up to like level eight or nine now and had it go away. Mm-hmm. So at this point, like, it makes me sad to say it. I don't want to play that game anymore because yeah, I'm so it, sick of the first few levels of that game. <laughs> Having to go through those same levels over and over again would be a bummer. And yeah, I, I feel the same way about about this kind of that I do about uh, Mercs Two, and that, uh, or actually, it's it's the opposite in that I uh, I am uh, disappointed that there are these problems because the rest of the game I think is really good. I think. Just the the feel of the action is solid for for that style of kind of you know hack slash beat 'em up stuff. I think there's a little more strategy to it than your average uh, game like that, and I like that they've you know thrown all this RPG stuff in there. I it really definitely like, seems like they really thought that stuff through. Yeah, uh, I really like the art style on it. I like you know all the weapon pickups and the animal orb stuff is all really engaging. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the game itself is really neat and uh, a lot of fun. It's just unfortunate that it's suffering from these weird technical issues. I give the animal orbs five stars. Yeah, the animal orbs are great. Oh, man. Oh, that zebra? I just, I love the Card- fact the that... The cardinal is still my, my favorite as far as the, the look. I just, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like that, uh, A, that they don't animate. They're just, they're just there. They're very docile. Yeah. And... Oh, they they will. Some of them would, like, oh, you, oh, they, got oh, ones, thought, you got ones that will attack dudes. Oh, wow. And, I thought it was just a single frame of animation, like... No, but most of the time they do just sit there with a blinkless gaze. Yeah, yeah. Floating through the air. Yeah, I love how they have this kind of ambiguous expression on their face. They're not totally ecstatic to be there, but they're not really <laughs> bummed either. They're just like, eh. This is my fate. Here, here I'm an I am. Orb. I'm a roundish animal floating behind this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, yeah, I like to just know... No explanation in the context of the game of what is an animal orb. You just, right. you just get them. You, know, right. and you don't even really do a very good job of explaining <laughs> them to you when you find the first one. Like, you got an animal orb. Like, oh, who? <laughs> good job. All right. I guess this guy's going to follow me now. Is that is that bad that he's following me? I can't tell. Do I have to rescue this guy? Can I hit him? I don't know. Does he do stuff? Uh, but so, yeah, I uh, I have somehow managed to dodge the the weird save bugs that that game has, but uh, let me ask you, still affected by it and still bummed out by it. Let me ask you this. I played through the demo. Uh, I leveled like probably twice by the end of the demo. I got one new combo uh-huh. by the end of the demo. Uh, I finished the demo and I was thinking, I don't know if hammering on a button style beat-em-ups are for me anymore. So uh, what I was wondering is, you're what, level 28? Uh, I'm at level like 32 Oh, now. you're way up there. So yeah. like, do you, does it keep doling out like new combos consistently throughout that progression and do you feel like there's enough variety that you can like do all kinds of stuff it's it stops like, at a point with it, like i mean is the combat varied com- enough yeah uh i mean you have two attack buttons um and you also have your uh your magic attack stuff i it does feel like it changes enough over the course of the game and, and i feel like the enemies uh behave slightly different and it, that's meaningful enough that you do have to change up your your strategy a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have I have definitely found it engaging all the way through. I can't I can't speak for you if that's going to do it for you, but uh, it was enough for me. And the the boss fights can be pretty rugged, also. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. Other than all the technical mayhem. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, Castle Crashers was the the other game that that I was playing. Jeff, anything else for you? Uh, let's see. I played The Last Guy. Oh yeah, I, 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 I downloaded that. I have not touched it yet. How is that? It's okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Three stars. Uh, it, it's really made me like the the thing this has done has really made me think a lot about the value of downloadable content and the like just the like the price to what you get ratio. It's like it's 15 levels, and they introduce new enemies along the way and stuff. But really, the, the game is just this top-down maze game of you running around collecting dudes and then bringing them to the safe zone, and you kind of just do that over and over again. On top of Google Satellite data. It's not even really actual Google Satellite oh, data. Really? It's some other aerial photography. Um, so you can say definitively the levels are not at all generated from no, any, any kind of nope. like satellite imaging no, or nope, anything nothing. like that. They all took right. some aerial photos and they said, you can walk here, but you can't walk here. And here are the roads that the big fast bugs run on. Like, yeah, it, it's it's not at all anything dynamic, which is too bad because one of the things they use to demo... Like, I feel like everything they've said about this game that's been outside the game is way better than the game itself. Because first they had a thing where you can just type in any web page and it'll generate a last guy level out of the look of that page. Leading you to believe that, well, maybe the real game is this dynamic. No. <laughs> uh, and also the video they released that's the fake interview with for, with uh, Hindustan Electronics, uh, which is hilarious and, like, way cooler than anything that's in the game itself. Uh, it, it's neat. Like, like it's, it's definitely inventive, and it has its own look and that sort of stuff. But, like, I didn't, you know, I've, I've been to San Francisco a lot. When it came time to play the San Francisco level, I was like... I guess that's Fisherman's Wharf, huh? Like it didn't. It wasn't like, oh, hey, it's Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> it didn't resonate yeah. with you. Like, oh, here's the, um, here's Santa Fe. Like, okay, uh, New right. Mexico. Yeah, and the same. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's it's really monotonous, and I feel like the game's sense of style is like you get a better sense of that without playing the game at all. Just like watching the the huh. interview. So for ten dollars, it seems like kind of a like not such a good deal. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I'm going back and forth on it. There's 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 some charm to it for sure. But is it enough? I think mm-hmm. that's the question I'm kind of wrestling with right now. Yeah, the value of downloadable games is is a weird one, especially uh, lately. Like now yeah. with with Castle Crashers and Braid coming out at fifteen. And, and uh, Ratchet and Clank, and, and Ratchet and Clank coming out at fifteen. Yeah, certainly. It, it's it's. I mean, it's not throwaway money. I mean, it it is fifteen dollars will get you other things. Even it'll get you some last gen games. Pretty, I could eat twice for fifteen dollars. <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you th- but you think it back, like maybe last generation. I mean, like a twenty dollar retail game was that's hella budget. Totally, like, that was yeah. a cheap like, ass yeah, game. It was garbage. When you saw it. Well, not, it was, not it was usually. Not well. I mean, okay, well, you didn't necessarily make a value judgment based on the price, but like, yeah, just in terms of what you considered a cheap game in a store, twenty bucks was kind of like the baseline. That was about as low as it got. Right. And now we're not even hitting that with these kind of games. I mean, yeah, and it's weird because you know some of them are like I feel like Braid is totally worth fifteen dollars. Yeah, even though it's not the longest experience, it's. Right, it's, it's a quality. It's a quality yeah. experience. I think yeah. that's that's what what separates it from from some of these other games. Sure. And Castle Crashers, I, I you know I feel confident saying that you know if it worked, would totally be worth fifteen dollars. Uh, without maybe ten, I don't know, ten dollars mm-hmm. to level to eight over and over again. <laughs> um, and then the last guy for ten and Ratchet for fifteen, like the I don't know, that just kind of seems questionable. Like, like the last guy is kind of like a, a one. One trick pony, mm. like it does its thing, and you're like, oh, okay, I totally get this. Well, and then you buy it, and it's like, oh, it's so it's just this, okay. 
like finding that value, it seems like is way more of a challenge just because you're dealing with such a different, you know, size of an experience than what you're used to from a, a full retail game. You know, it's like a lot of these games are, are a lot shorter and on purpose, uh, and a lot of them, you know, qualitatively as far as the production values, maybe they're longer games, but that's a lot lower as well. So it's like kind of trying to compare that to what we're used to with, well, with box games. I'm, I'm just trying to compare it to other downloadable games at this point because I feel like that market has changed pretty dramatically since yeah. since we started, since it was, you know, Xbox Live Arcade, $5 for emulated games with crappy updated graphics, $10 for original content. Now it's kind of all over the place. Like, the file sizes are, are everywhere. It's like there's no reason why these can't be full games. I mean, you know, like Criterion's going to start selling Burnout Paradise over PlayStation Network this fall for 30 bucks, And that's that is that game is worth twice that. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, Sony's already been doing that stuff with Warhawk and uh, yeah, the upcoming yeah, SOCOM exactly. game. They're selling what are effectively full boxed Blu-ray games over the network. Yeah, I, th- I think Warhawk and, and maybe SOCOM are a little different because they're multiplayer only. Sure. So like that's but they are, that's another weird variable thrown into the mix. There, but they yeah. are still selling those in boxes they are. as well. They definitely are. So it's, so, it's sizable experiences. I don't know. It, it's crazy. Like the, the last guy just feels like like I really like it, but I also can't reconcile it with every other downloadable game that that's come out without going, dude. This is not worth the money. Like, you think if it had just come out of the blue and it was just like you saw it on there, like you would even have downloaded it or like. Would even be struggling with it, or you'd just be like, "Oh, it's another just whatever one-off." I don't game. know. It, it's hard to say. Like the one because one of the things I really like about it, and something that Sony has been really good at, is they're putting out really weird stuff. <laughs> it's like the Xbox Live Arcade releases have all been pretty straight. Mm. It's like you know, Braid is is about as weird as it gets, probably right, or Space Giraffe, maybe. Yeah. Um, whereas Sony's been taking, uh, I mean, Sony has you know bigger hooks in Japan. They've been taking a lot of crazy chances and and doing some stuff like the Pixel Junk games. Are, are very different from anything you'll find right. elsewhere. I think The Last Guy is a really clear example of, like, you know, Japanese-developed downloadable game. It's crazy, like a Japanese game should be. <laughs> I mean, but it, at the same time, it's basically, like, one of the mini games from Work Time Fun blown up into a full game, like, made by... I think I'm pretty sure it's made by the same dudes. So, yeah, again, tugging at the heartstrings by being able to compare it to Work Time Fun, <laughs> one of the greatest games ever made. But... Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's that, and I also bought Neverwinter Nights Two Gold. Woo! How's that going for you? Have you made your? Did you install it? Your fighter no, wizard no, yet? I have not. I, I played Mercs instead. But, still uh, reading up. Still reading up on <laughs> on the changes to the the D and D rules since the got last your, time I looked at D and D rules. Got some. Still mapping out your classes on the wall. Exactly. Like, well, if I put go? one level here, then one level here, <laughs> then I'll get a, access to this tensors floating disc and then all this <laughs> other important stuff yeah um it was a thick manual for that mm. yeah it was it was a very very thick manual but yeah after talking to to rory about uh uh storm of zahir, zahir. uh the, the new expansion it's like i you know i really liked neverwinter nights i should finally play neverwinter nights too so yeah. now i'll have the opportunity yeah but not the time but not the time Let's uh so so that's that's games that we've been playing. Let's get into news of the world, gentlemen. Uh, before we left for PAX, but after we did our last proper podcast, uh, Q Entertainment announced that hey, check it out. You know that game Medios? Yeah. You liked that on the DS, right? Yes. That was pretty good. It was. Well, now we've got this thing called Medios Wars, and it's coming to Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. You, did, you didn't see that one coming after we put out two or three other games on Live I, I Arcade. Kinda, I kind of didn't. Yeah. Oh, you didn't really? Yeah. Huh? 
I, I wouldn't have expected them to try and... Because I'm not... Yeah, I'm curious to see what that game feels like without the touchscreen stuff. It'll probably actually be... You could play it with the, the D-pad on the DS. It doesn't feel good. But I bet it'll actually be fair to play, unlike the DS version, when you figure out that you can just scribble on the screen to win. Uh, uh, that only takes you so far. Yeah, It takes yes. you pretty far, uh, though. Yeah. That, I don't that, know. that I, works better than it ought to on I, the DS version. I started out playing Medios with the D-pad. On the DS. Really? Until, until I realized that was kind of stupid when yeah, you could yeah. use the stylus. But if that's all you have, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I don't know. They'll probably, like, rejigger the speed of everything to compensate for, you know, the fact that you can't use any kind of stylus or anything like that. Slow it down a little bit or something. But That two-player mode looked <clears throat> kind of interesting yeah. to me. Well, I mean, it had multiplayer modes before. Yeah. So, well, who knows? I assume we'll they're just adapting they... those. Yeah, it sounds like a few, few extra bells and whistles with uh, customizable avatars and uh, some some new head-to-head modes, but uh, definitely sounds like the, the Medios that you uh, know and loved on the DS. Now, but I guess the question without is... Without all that Disney. <laughs> now, I guess the question is, what are they going to do for pricing? Uh-huh. Because they definitely had issues with that with Luminez. But they seem to know it. Like for, for <laughs> yeah. the, the information they, that was that yeah. was coming out of Q Entertainment afterwards, they were not thrilled about how yeah. the pricing ended up I shaking think, out for Luminous. I think they took that to heart. I think yeah, that both them and Microsoft probably yeah. learned a very <laughs> challenging lesson, <laughs> a valuable lesson uh, when Luminous Live came out. That that was just highway freaking robbery. Put all the levels in one. But again, game, please. Yeah. Just like I was saying earlier, uh, what did Luminous cost on the PSP when it came out? It was at least 20, 30 bucks, it right? It was like 30 bucks. Same yeah. game, but just because you're getting on a physical medium. Well, you know, they do have I, great I think the, the standards are different for the standard yeah. platforms. And, and, and I also think that, you know, lead platform, you know, first time out demands more of a premium, generally speaking, than, you know, further iterations on other platforms. Yeah, I mean, like, would you pay? Would you pay the same price for Just Cause now? Yes, <laughs> always sixty dollars for bad, Just Cause all example. the time. Stunt position forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think ten bucks is the sweet spot for for this new Medios game. Well, that's what they charge for Res, right? Yeah. So they're probably on board with that. I yeah. bet it'll be fifteen. You, you think it'll be fifteen? I, oh, I couldn't I see that. I, wanna, I don't know. It you, depends. You two want to bet? No. Really. What would it depend on, Jeff? Uh, it depends on how well. I mean, look, okay. It depends on look at how well Castle Crashers sold for fifteen. Yeah, but dude, that's Castle Crashers. Look at I how mean, well Braid sold for fifteen. Those, those but games, again, those are two but, games you know, that have never but, been anywhere before. But also, you know, most people making games think that their game is the greatest game that's, ever made. Okay, so very, they're going to be like, well, point. these sold this for fifteen. We're putting yeah. it out at that. It's like, well, wait a minute. This is Gin Rummy, bro. I don't care, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, for the record, Gin Rummy is going to be 400 points <laughs> when it comes out. They're not, they're so not those guys, yeah, they, they have yeah. some sense. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, no release date or anything on that, but uh, I'm sure eventually that'll happen. Uh, also, before we left, Square Enix said, hey, hey. we're going to buy Tecmo. What do oh, you think about that? We're going to try to buy Tecmo. No, I was unable to penetrate this long Japanese <laughs> letter here. Brad, were you able to make heads or tails of what they were saying? Oh, I didn't even look at that. It's just my prior understanding is they're making the bid. Yeah. They're making the offer. They're for making it. the offer, and if it doesn't go through by a certain date, they're going to withdraw, I think is what they, what so, they said. So they may or may not buy Tecmo. And it's a 30% premium on the current price of the shares. That's so not so bad. They're going to give them some extra money to come be part of uh, Square Enix. And it seems like that makes sense. That's That seems like a merger that would do everyone good. Square Enix definitely needs to 
diversify their uh, their offerings a little bit because it seems like they've realized they're kind of getting killed only making Final Fantasy games and then other RPGs that aren't Final Fantasy that don't sell very well. And, uh, you know, Tecmo could use uh, some more muscle, especially sure. since they don't they, they could use some talent again. Uh. What they don't Ouch. have? They don't have. I'm sure there are very talented people still there. Oh, but they they have a new head of Team Ninja. They're do they have not, a new? He- do they have just, a new yeah, head but, Ninja? Yeah, but they're not saying who it is. It's because it's Jade Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cloud. It's Paul Barnett. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Tecmo is Tecmo is not doing so well, right? They're, they're well, they certainly of, had plenty of strife and turmoil in the yeah, last. Yeah, there's, there's knocks against them, but at the same time, I mean, they just shipped a game that sold a million units around the world, so. You know they have a full full portfolio of games coming out this holiday season. Like they're not, they're not, they don't seem desperate. Yeah. I don't know. Seems like they've been suffering more from a PR perspective. Than yeah, there's like personnel issues, yeah. but although they did also just have their the, the CEO who was embroiled in that whole lawsuit uh, resign. Yeah. Or that looks like that's kind of one of those he's leaving so that they can get this done kind of things, right? Because he realized that if you know if Tecmo and Square Enix do become one then he's probably going to be out of a job anyways yeah so uh yeah i guess we'll see how that develops and we'll see our ninja gaiden final fantasy crossover uh football game. yeah what was the 2010 tecmo bowl with square characters yeah you throw you throw a a dragon warrior slime the city bowl the city bowl what was the um what was the final fantasy 7 spinoff game that was the action game that was not so great well, I think there were I, several of those. Yeah, which one? The uh, one with the dude. With Dirt. Yeah, the one with Dirt, Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Team, yeah. Team Ninja, Dirge of Kerberos sequel. <laughs> that's, no, that's okay. Let's not do that. Mouse and keyboard support. <laughs> that's, that would make total sense. Uh, while we're talking about Japan, uh, hmm. let's talk about Resident Evil 5. Uh, we saw that at E3. Yeah. I think if we're going to talk about Japan, we have to talk about Biohazard 5. Good point. All right, so Biohazard 5, we saw that at the uh, E3U, uh, and Brad, you you specifically uh, had some complaints just about the way that that game was was controlling. Yeah, and then they went and fixed it just for me. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you weren't the only one, but yeah, uh, yeah, people were saying, yeah, it looks really nice, but this still feels kind of... It's feeling a little dated now. You know, I was really surprised when I, like, I wrote a little something about that. Obviously, some other people harped on it even more than I did. But even on the little thing I posted, there were a lot of comments from people saying, like, oh, the controls have to be that way to maintain the tension of survival horror. It's like you shouldn't be able yeah. to you shouldn't be able to nimbly react to the threats against you because that would make it easier and you would but, be scared. I'm sorry. Sur- survival, yeah. survival horror fans have been very capably justifying horrible control schemes for a long long That's, time now you know what i saw people bitch about the changes in re4 oh at yeah the time it's like why I mean, isn't this the same old horrible thing yeah, yeah. like if, if your game's primary source of tension is because the controls are not so good yeah like you know that <laughs> i can't help there. you yeah. <laughs> i mean there are certainly design-based ways to make the difficulty more you know yeah maybe exactly. more challenging exactly. intense in a realistic fashion yeah so you know they're like whatever uh, they had an event. Microsoft had an event out in Japan, and dude got up on stage and just said, basically, he actually, I think he used the word gears like. Yeah, yeah. He, said, he said it would have gears like controls. They, he had hinted at like saying, ah, oh, we might do something before TGS, and then at this thing uh, yeah, in Japan, I mean, you said straight up. Like, he basically said to Vegas, like, wait till, like, he basically said it was going to happen, and you should wait until TGS. And then, but, yeah, confirmed. So we'll go to TGS and we'll play. Uh, Gears of Evil. Confirmed. Uh, interested in Resident Evil 5. <laughs> where I was not before. 
Sweet. Uh, now we can play. That co-op. definitely yeah. helps because I like the way that game looks. I, I I like a lot about that game. But after picking up at E3, I was like, oh man, this again. Yeah, it was a little tough. It just it just felt antiquated. As as great as it felt in what was it early '05 that game came out. Yeah, before. yeah. Like it it was a great. I mean, it was a revolution for that series at the time. But especially now, on the GameCube. Yeah, it's like all, it'll be willing to look past a lot of issues <laughs> for such an awesome GameCube uh, yeah, game. Yeah, but like yeah, I mean, three years later, it's. Yeah, you know, it's kind yeah. of archaic at this point. The, th- the third-person shooter control scheme has been established. Has, been, yeah. has evolved. Yeah. Uh, speaking of controls, I'm going to jump back to Mercs 2 for just a second and say, why is the acceleration and the brake on the A and the... It drives me totally crazy. Why? Why? What? Yeah. Who does that it's on anymore? A and X, not on oh, X. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like you don't For shoot. some reason, that does make me totally crazy. Like you don't yeah. shoot or drive with anything but triggers anymore. That's just how it works. Yeah. It's well, what if you have to drive and shoot at the same time? You, but you don't. Use the A button. Ooh. Yeah, you do. Boats you and stuff. Boats, but use the A button. I because would use the A button to you're shoot. You're trying to steer, though. You need both sticks yeah, to steer. Yeah, you, you can't, can't steer with your thumbs and shoot with your right, thumbs. How about right bumper, maybe? Okay. Uh, they put buttons up there for a reason. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Street Fighter Four. Okay. Let's talk about uh, El Fuerte. He's a he's a Mexican wrestler and a cook. I don't know about that guy. He's one of the new guys. I I fear change. So there was some scandal. He's the new new challengers. There was some scandal that uh, this guy might have a infinite combo that broke the game. Scandalous. Uh, a short YouTube video clip surfaced. Now you guys have have talked about this more since this uh, posted, and yeah, Capcom I, has responded. I think I I think when you look at it, it, it's if you watch the video and and know what an infinite combo looks like, it's it seems pretty clear that that's not. It, it does seem like a long combo. Uh, yeah, it's a combo that's like where the, it looks like, and and I haven't really played enough El Fuerte to know for sure, but it looks like he's he's doing the run move because you can. There's a move you can do to run and kind of bounce off either edge of the screen like they were wrestling ropes. Uh, it looks like he's doing the run move and immediately canceling it with fierce punch over and over again. Huh. But, but then it doesn't seem like it goes forever because if you do it into the corner, it backs you out, and uh, he does it like four times and then ends with like a, a like a low. It's probably like a, a low roundhouse or something like that to dizzy him. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Nothing about that looked infinite to me. It looked like maybe it was potentially abusive uh, and, and kind of a little weird looking, but it didn't necessarily seem like something that automatically broke the game. But it's not uncommon to see little point updates, even for arcade games like this, where they, like, obviously the first Street Fighter Two went through a, a ton of revisions where... Where stuff like that got fixed, it and did. Upgraded. But that was, I mean, the the things that they fixed there were mostly like weird bugs, like the handcuffs and magic throw and all this game crashing stuff. Uh, not so much on the. Well, I guess they'd actually, yeah, they totally re- did redo some some combo potential across the games. Certainly across like from regular to champion edition and so on. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure that they will continue to monitor the situation as more and more <laughs> people play the game and, and make a decision if they need to change it or not. And it also just seems like with with so many characters in that game, which, you, granted, for a fighting game is, is pretty small, but I feel like a lot more... Uh, there's People are being a lot more critical and having a lot more watchful eye towards how the balancing is being handled with this game than for, for other uh, fighting games coming out right now. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's a few different reasons for that. It's, you know, prim- it's primarily a 2D game. That's that's one. You know, it's like the the things you can do with that game are very different from like a Tekken or a Virtua Fighter, even though they're all polygonal or something like that. And also, it's it's Street Fighter. 
like say what you will about the popularity of these other games. Yeah, I mean, Street this, Fighter is Street Fighter. This is, this is the grandfather. Yeah. Football is solo football. <laughs> Teresa is Teresa. Uh, All right, said, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You've ended that segment. Good, good job. Yeah. What is he talking about? Uh, first review, early reviews, Fable 2 coming in. Seems Peter, like it's doing pretty well so far. Yeah, <laughs> 9 out of 10. 90, uh, 90, 90, out of 10. 90 average on Metacritic yeah, 90% for Fable average. 2. Who reviewed uh, that? I hate that uh, guy. Peter Molyneux. Oh, I've heard him. Who, uh, I, you know, maybe he should have put something in his review saying, hey, I also made the game. Full disclosure is <laughs> important. I think I transparency th- is the key. See what's one up now? It's, it's, a point, <laughs> it's a point we've been making here, and I definitely think uh, uh, Pete should, should take this to heart. Uh, obviously, yeah, he was just yeah. talking about his, his game, but... Why would you say, why would you phrase how satisfied you are with your game that way? Yeah. It seems like that's just trolling. You're just, yeah, you're, just is, asking, you're looking for trouble. Asking for trouble. He's doing a Dyak. He's, I he's, give my game. So I, you know, he's basically saying I'm really happy with how it came out. I feel like it's the most complete. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of games where we've definitely just thrown a bunch of stuff into the <laughs> pot and, you know, had no concern for the flavor. Yeah, well, says. I mean, at least, at least he can admit that he has fallen short of the mark in the past. And, well, and at least, I mean, even with this game, yeah. you know, it's yeah, like all he's, he's saying, saying is like, hey, you know, we, we think this game's really special, but he's clearly not saying it's the greatest game ever made yeah, or anything like that. You know? This will change your life. If there was like a separate component scores for dog, <laughs> you know, that would probably get full marks. His dog gets a 10. My dog. My dog. <laughs> Did you just talk about your dog all week when that game comes out? Whoever, <laughs> yeah. whoever reviews that, just... We have dog week leading up to uh, Fable 2. We'll dog cast. <laughs> talk about dogs not even in you know in, in regards to fable 2 just as long just as you, about dogs as long as you use that accent i'll be happy a dog uh when is that coming out is that september uh, october 24th yeah, oh. that's a little ways off yeah that is some not, not too far off wait that's next month yeah oh jeez and don't forget it went gold at e3 yeah <laughs> oh yeah just sitting on it now yep so that's just like a strategic timed release then I don't know. I don't know that I believe his statement that of this gold. game has gone gold <laughs> that he made at E3. He's like, well, then how come you just don't put it out? I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they ungolded it to fix the pub game stuff or something like that. Because, because clearly they need six weeks for Viva Pinata to complete its reign atop the charts. It's true. Uh, well, we're going to get to see that game before it comes out. Soon. Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk some about kind of the... What's what's coming up for us? Because right now it's it's pretty action packed. Oh man, we have we, we have some stuff happening uh, in and out of the office. Dude, we availed ourselves of the whiteboard this morning. We had to draw a little <laughs> calendar. Con- with conducted markers. business on the whiteboard. We had to as erase to, the yeah. ancient ancient uh, text that was up there. Instead of instead of writing like beer and fried macaroni and cheese on the to do list. We wrote games. Those are still up there. Well, yeah, I mean, those, still are still, those are still numbers two and three, I believe. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we used it for business. We also have to review games and go see other games and talk to some people. That's stuff that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, that's really heavy. That was, that was yeah. pretty well, deep. Thanks right? for the update, Brad. Okay, <laughs> yeah. See you guys next week. Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna go see Fable Two at some point and potentially. Kick it with Peter Mullen. Yeah, I'm just being a little coy here because I don't know what we can talk about. I guess with everything. Well, I mean, we're not going to say when we're going to have this stuff, okay. but we're going to go see this stuff. Yeah, we're going to be seeing Fable 2. We can talk two. about that. That seems fair. Yeah, I think so. There are, you know, there are definitely, they're going to be showing off some upcoming games to the press soon. Yeah. Probably be checking out Bioshock PS3. Yep. Uh, and that Spore game's coming out pretty soon. So Real yeah. soon. So, they're, yeah. you know, hopefully they will make uh, Will Wright available to us, uh, to our crack interview team. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, can I, should I wear your lab coat if I get to talk to that guy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. My lab coat has my name on it. I'm look a little <laughs> even, even better. Yeah. Um, Misrepresenting the Jeff Gerstmann brand. I can't wait to play Spore. I really want to go play Spore. Well, then let's hurry up and finish this podcast so we can go home and start playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's run down some some new releases for this week, and then we'll take a couple of emails, and then we'll bounce and make this uh, a little bit of a shorty. I yeah. like that plan. Okay. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Mercenaries Two World in Flames. That's uh, in stores now. It came out on Sunday. Uh, I imagine just to, for them to kind of dodge the uh, Labor Day weekend and get a little extra heat off of that. Uh, View Pinata Trouble in Paradise. That's shipping today in stores tomorrow. I think that's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Infinite Undiscovery is coming out this week. That's uh, another one of the crazy. That's a that's a square. square. Enix, that's square. Uh, yep. Xbox three sixty RPG. I am for some reason interested in that game. I, yeah. I, inexplicably, just as you were really interested in Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon. Neither of which I actually played. <laughs> well, but this one I'm gonna three for three, uh, Jeff. Let's let's see if we can make it happen. Vampire Rain Altered Species. What? Uh, Vampire Rain Altered Species. <laughs> what? Uh, Vampire Rain Altered Species. <laughs> what? Vampire Rain Altered Species for the PlayStation Three. That's uh, an updated version of Vampire Rain, the Xbox 360 game that came out uh, a while ago and oh. wasn't so good. That's I bet right. the update fixes everything. Probably. Uh, Warhammer. Uh, War- Warhammer. 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 Warhammer Battle March. Uh, Warhammer Battle March, also uh, that oh, is oh a, other other Warhammer. Yeah, no, no, not not Warhammer yeah. Online. Yeah, okay. This is uh, the uh, Namco Bandai published Warhammer game. RTS. Why? Why is why? Why are there eighteen different people holding the Warhammer license right now? Oh, what's up with that? And maybe it's a THQ's got the forty k. Oh, that's well. That's probably considered a separate license. I mean, like that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, splitting yeah. up forty k and regular. But the yeah, but yeah. the MMO going to EA and and Mythic, and then this other uh, what I understand to be a strategy game yeah. Battle March. Like, I just want to know like who woke up at the Warhammer place and went. We got a man. What have we been doing? We got. There were a bunch of games based on this stuff at one point. There should be again. I yeah. I'm I'm gonna say wow probably has something to do with that. Sure. I think I think awareness that a lot of the the Warcraft aesthetic is cribbed from Warhammer has gotten to the point where that's meaningful for for publishers. Uh NFL Head Coach 2009 being sold on its own now, so if you uh did not get the limited edition $90 Madden <laughs> NFL 09 uh and you still want to uh, Take something. Uh, <laughs> Face Breaker also coming out this week. That's uh, the latest sports-based mistake being made by uh, EA Sports. Yeah. Snoop Dogg's in it. Is he really? I think. He's oh. in the ad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. bad celebrity stuff, cartoony. It's, Isn't like Kim Kardashian in it, too, or something? I think she is. Great. I think that's also the Can one that has... her in the ass? I think that's the one that also has Spencer Pratt and Teddy Montag in it from Great. The Hills. I, I got that demo on the Xbox, and I didn't care for it too much. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too surprised. That didn't do much for me. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know what? They should just make a new fight night, which they are. But they should just skip all this stuff. Skip all this stuff and make that stuff. Stop so making you think. And by all this stuff, I'm including Don King's Prize Fighter <laughs> in, in that lineup. Like, just stop making bad boxing games. And let them make Fight Night again because that was really, really good. Well, who's who's making Fight Night now? It's it's a, uh, Canadians are making it now. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, now that there's no EA Chicago, yeah, yeah, I believe it is going north of the border. Uh, they know how to hit people up there. Yeah, hopefully they'll be like fight a moose or something. <laughs> uh, now that the uh, Xbox Live Arcade Endless Summer has ended, 
uh, ironically enough. Uh, <laughs> they we, never called it Endless Summer. I think I think you made I think, that up. I think we just called it that. No, like all the advertising uh, no, on... No, no, it was, no, it it was, was like Xbox Summer Live of Arcade. Summer of Arcade is what it was. <laughs> I thought it was Endless no, Summer. You've been calling it Endless Summer for like two weeks <laughs> oh, now Oh, man, or okay. Uh, well, their, their summer of endless fun uh, has come to an end. <laughs> In grand fashion. <laughs> Um, yeah, we have, instead of the, the single releases that we have been getting, three Xbox Live Arcade releases this week, uh, Shred Nebula, Pirates vs. Ninja Dodgeball, and hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, Gin Rummy. <laughs> Let's see if quantity can uh, do what quality has been doing for the past several weeks. <laughs> we, uh, we say. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say well, there's also a, a Poker Smash download pack with Ooh. new... New songs is one of the touted features. Oh, man. So some new Poker Smash music. Yeah. I, may, I actually am interested in Shred Nebula a little bit, uh, but I think Pirates vs. Ninja's Dodgeball looks terrible. I understand it also has zombies in it. <sighs> All right. Uh, on the Wii, WiiWare, we have My Aquarium. On the virtual console, <laughs> we have uh, Clue Clue Land. Yeah, and and then perhaps the biggest uh, VC release. No, to dude, date. you already said Clue Clue Land. <laughs> Clue Clue Land Two. Yeah, what? <laughs> no. Oh man! <laughs> Finally, this is what they were talking about. Nintendo didn't forget you, core gamers. <laughs> Clue Clue, Clue Land. Land, 500 Wii points, uh, but then also. Uh, Super Mario RPG Ooh. Legend of the Seven Stars. Uh, yes, a much-loved yeah, uh, 16-bit RPG that's coming. A, that's a good-ass game. But is it a... That's a good whoa, game. Wait, is a it good as good as Kim Kardashian? Ass game? Uh, I, 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 oh, wait, I, I, I may have misplaced my emphasis. Yeah, g- g- give it another go. That's a, that's a good-ass game. Okay. Okay, all right, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, also, uh, that's that's eight bucks. You get yourself a copy of uh, Super Mario RPG on your virtual console. That seems that's that's worth that's it. That's probably one of those compelling things I've seen up there. I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get that. <laughs> I, I still have the cart in my closet, so probably not for me. But that's still that's, that's still that's an awesome. Not rather, rather, rather than download again and not playing it, you're gonna leave it in your closet and not play it. <laughs> well, I don't have a Wii to play it on, so this is all moot. Do it. <laughs> I'll, I will sell you my Wii for you to play Super Mario RPG on oh. your new Super Mario RPG machine. I've still got I've still got that sealed copy of Mario Galaxy that I bought last Christmas on my shelf, waiting for That's the right, Wii that I haven't bought yet. it. I went, you I bought went out, the damn game. I went out and bought Mario Galaxy, or as soon as it came out, and then never got around to getting a Wii. <laughs> Digi- digital <laughs> you really locker. Bummed me out. It's you know just that sitting there on my shelf in the digital locker. Yeah, it's aging. It is aging. It's, it's gonna be ripe. <laughs> it gets better with age. It's now worth forty dollars. Contact the rare video game blog. Tell them you're going to sell it on eBay. Uh, so that's that's pretty much it for uh, for new releases and and all that stuff. I guess there's well before we podcast again, Spore will have come out because it's coming out on Sunday. So oh, that's yeah, true. That's Sunday true. Release. Uh, yeah, I I am curious about the Spore. That kind Very of very interested in Spore. Well, I think we'll we'll be back with some Spore specific coverage next week, right? I want to bring my creatures yeah. in. Can we commit to that? Yeah. yeah. Right. We were talking about perhaps some sort of spore-specific audio presentation. <laughs> a spore cast. I wouldn't Dude, go that far. Don't give away the secret name. <laughs> we, have, we haven't closed the ad deals Top yet. So we're not gonna, <laughs> we, we can't call it that just yet. 
Oh, let's talk about some, uh, let's let's take some emails. You guys want to take some emails from uh, people who listen to this damn thing? Yes. Uh, bombcast at giantbomb.com is the email address that you can uh, send your email into. Then uh, I will look at them and choose the good ones and then read them like this. Uh, Jamar Gooch from Savannah, Georgia says. Uh, Savannah. From, uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's Gooch. Um, if if Street Fighter Four sells well, do you think Capcom will revive some of its other great fighting games, such as Darkstalkers or my personal favorite, Rival Schools? Uh, I'm going to say Darkstalkers, yes. Rival Schools, no. Oh yeah, man, that's I would way dude. rather have a new Rival Schools <laughs> there's, game. Dude, there's no way that's going to happen. Yeah, I really liked Rival Schools. I really liked the feel for well, Rival I, Schools. I, I, they, the, some band named itself that. Yes, that United be. by Fate was even the name of their album. Yeah, um, so screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad too because the album's not. I, some people like it. I didn't much care for I, what that band did. I think it would. I think it would take a lot of success with these <laughs> new fighting games before you see a new Darkstalkers. Uh, uh, I think Darkstalkers think will happen just as as a result of hell of people asking about I it. Think so? I don't know. I feel like, like that they, they pretty far that, down the yeah, list. Like Ono claimed in interviews that it was just like, uh, you know, that it was like people going, "When are you going to make a new Street Fighter? When are you going to make a new Street Fighter?" That that eventually made them realize now is the time. And he said, you know, everyone, you know, be sure to ask me about Vampire or, you know, Darkstalkers uh, so that we can so we can do that. So we can make one. <laughs> so when really it came time to interview him, one. I said, so when can we expect to see Vampire uh-huh. on the Street Fighter 4 hardware? <laughs> he said, ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, Darkstalkers always just seemed like a Street Fighter theme to me. It's like new graphics for the same stuff. Stuff. Yeah, well, but they it's, trot out those characters all the time. They're still keeping that. I like the characters. Alive. They're good yeah. characters. They I mean, are good characters. But so, it's uh, just like in terms of what you got out of the gameplay. I mean, it's like you know, Dimitri's kind of like the Ryu guy, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like I don't know who the mummy was. Sort of the Dalson, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there, there are enough differences that I think yeah. it's, it's meaningful. All right, I just, I'm, I'm definitely not as big of a Darkstalkers fan as I'm a Street Fighter fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all things considered, I'd probably rather see like another versus game or something like. that. I was that. gonna say, the, I, the, I just feel like if if and when they're gonna make another fighting game, it's gonna be with something like that way before a Darkstalkers. Right, Tatsunoko. Mm. They're already doing that. Yeah, that's happening. Which Capcom said it might come home in the U.S. What? That they might I be they able to release. Specifically said it wouldn't. I think they said they, they, they're not ruling it out, I yeah. think, is, is what what they've been saying. Fighting games. Fighting games. Play Weird, them. I know. All right, we'll so that, I, hopefully that answers your question, Jamar. <laughs> Thanks for writing. Uh, this uh, next one comes from Benjamin Holdsworth in Suffolk, UK. Uh, we're pretty ignorant on this podcast, especially when it comes to stuff happening outside of the U.S. So he, uh, I'm going to say is the most stuff happening inside the U.S. Okay, maybe <laughs> I should just end that at ignorant. Yeah. yeah. We're pretty ignorant. Uh, so, so Benjamin's taking us to school about certain certain things with regards to the UK. Uh, apparently, Cool Ranch is not called Cool American in, in Britain. It's called Cool Original. Uh, they don't have any Mountain Dew, Sierra Mist, r- root beer, Gatorade, or most soft drinks. We really only have Coke and Sprite. They only just got Oreos. Let that let that sink in. Wow. <laughs> Oreos are new. They just came out. Perhaps you've heard of this hot new cookie. It's called an Oreo. <laughs> Try Oreos again for the first time. Or just for the first time, if you're in the UK. Uh, they don't have Captain Crunch in milkshake or cereal form. Wait, and, wait, what? Captain Crunch milkshake? What? Yeah, Carl's Jr. was serving a Captain Crunch milkshake what? for a while there. Yeah, we, we tried one of those oh. on an early version of this podcast. How was that? Kind, kind of disturbing. <laughs> oh, I, and I think it had like 8,000 calories. Oh, what did, why did you hire me sooner? I want to try that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have to I think this was before this was the giant bomb cast. <laughs> should go get that. This, is, this was when it was happening in Jeff's living room. Yeah. Carl's Jr. 
Uh, okay, let's go. Here's the point that he puts into italics, and rightfully so. All the cartoon versions of the characters have different voice actors. Mm. Hmm? So that it's all Britishy instead of just American. Oh, wait. I thought you were talking about like a specific show or something. No, you're all of the cartoon everything? versions of the characters have different voice actors. Of every cartoon character? Well, I'm sure not every, but I'm sure that's like enough. gross jo- journalization. I was, like, I was waiting that, uh, for you to state explicitly which show you were talking about. No. Nah. Like, like most of them? Yeah. That's really weird. They should dub over live action shows, too. Like just Mr. T, <laughs> A-Team. They also so have like no really Walmarts. good Cockney accent. No Walmarts, Kmarts, Wendy's, or IHOPs. Uh, uh, you know, it's the International House of Pancakes. It should be everywhere. Yeah. Ironic. <laughs> Ironic that. Japan has Wendy's. Japan seems like they have most of the stuff we have here, and it's more awesomer. Yes. Maybe, maybe they have Oreos. Yes. I think they do have An Oreo Oreos. biscuit. But they come in weird boxes. Uh, this one comes in from Michael Ludgood in Seattle, Washington. Uh, he uh, he attended PAX, same as we did. We uh, were there. We were, we were there. there. We went to PAX. Uh, and this was his second, and uh, he said that it would have been good, but he was had a hard time actually getting to play anything. He waited in line for like 45 minutes to play Fallout 3 and never actually got to the front of that line. Yeah, well, we were here, and that was like the most brutal line at the entire thing. That's not Our, Left for Dead 360 was also someone came up to us and said that he had waited for 45 minutes to play Left for Dead, and when it was just such a long line, it wasn't even moving. So, yeah, so, it, it sounds like they're aware of it. Yeah. Uh, they've they've uh, the Penny Arcade uh, staff has issued some some comments along those lines, like yeah, we get some ideas about how we can make that not as much of a chore next year. So, yeah, it's, it seems like that's just a result. Like they had estimated that you know they, they had ballparked that they were going to get fifty thousand people this year, fifty eight, and they ended up getting fifty eight. So crazy, exceeded their own expectations about that stuff. But it's again, a lot of people do. Again, aside from those big ass lines, I never felt like it was horribly overwhelming with dudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's like basically E three numbers, right? Like, wasn't E three doing like sixty ish, seventy around his heyday? I think that's right. Yeah, but that, I think that felt a lot more crowded because everyone was there all the time and all in one room, on one or two big halls. Whereas, yeah. This, yeah, you had like the weird opium den place for people to lay around and play handheld games and. The tabletop zone for people to the BYOC have tables BYOT and panels 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 yeah I mean it it felt it felt nicely organized and spread out and with a variety of stuff to do yeah I didn't feel like there was a huge rush of people yeah it's good one of the things that that I did uh, air some some grievances about during our our PAX podcast was the uh, the ubiquity of kilts yes and uh, uh, Andy Rayside from uh, Glasgow. Uh, writes in to to ask why I'm I'm hating on the kilts, and uh, well, he has a legitimate cause for complaint, I guess. Right, but he, you know, but he also has a legitimate cause for a, a kilt. Well, yeah, and, and, exactly and his what point is, is says like if you're going to do it, you got to wear it, follow these rules. You are Scottish, Irish, or Welsh. <laughs> got to do it. Uh, it has to be uh, tartan. Uh, and the pattern is usually some way related to your family or See, clan that, name. That's yeah. what See, was none of these yeah. kilts were that. They were all, they were all like straight No underwear or underneath. Or Otherwise, you are a goddamn tourist, in, uh, in Andy's own words. <laughs> well, how do you know? I mean, are you going to go around lifting up everybody's kilt? I think you have out? to. I yeah. think you have to. Yeah. And then, Maybe we should have been doing that. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, lastly, the he just yeah. says, you know, utility kilts, just no. Nuh-uh. So, yeah, that's if if they were rocking proper kilts... And you know this was some form of you know pride in your heritage. That'd be fine, but these are just 
bad was, dudes in bad poor bad like they, they found a way to like basically have a ponytail for the lower half of their body <laughs> <laughs> to complement to the one that they almost always yeah. had on the upper or, half also or if not the ponytail a pair of goggles like pushed dude up on their head. by the end of that show like i don't want to i don't want to rag on it because it was a really like a pretty good feel good experience but by the end of that show i just i, I want if you have a ponytail cut it off <laughs> I don't know. That the show time. made me feel like I need to okay. start growing out. If a you have a ponytail and you are not a professional wrestler, <laughs> get a haircut. And they were giving them there. They were. Yeah. People were the getting Brothers them. Brothers in Arms people go. were giving away free copies of Brothers in Arms if you shaved your if you got a like, hell cut. I, I thought that was awesome. I really yeah, wanted Vinny. I was trying to talk you into yeah, getting that at one point. Idea. You were not having it. No. But I took a picture with my phone of a kid getting his haircut, and he just looks so sad. <laughs> like, oh, thinking, I got, I'm going to get that copy of that I game. Just want the game. Just want the oh, game. Oh man, what am I doing? I was. I <laughs> was like, so sad. I was impressed by the number of people that I saw walking around with, with the little hell spray painted into the back of the head and all clean cut like or, that. Or uh, they were tattooing people, if not doing the the, the crew cut, uh, fake tattoos. I mean, not real. Yeah. yeah. But, ah. but they were convincing fake tattoos of just the game's logo so yeah, like yeah. like i met a girl that had one of those on her arm and like i looked at it for a second and did a double take i was like man do you really like that game that much <laughs> it was it was weird uh similarly to to the utilicilts and i don't remember exactly why this came up but uh, a certain amount of well this probably extends beyond the, the pax podcast a certain amount of hate uh towards the crocs also uh, Jeff, you and I, when we were leaving SeaTac, we saw the official Crocs store oh, man. in the airport. Bright yellow Crocs. I almost bought a pair. <laughs> I was like, if I'm going to get Crocs, which I, I should because they're terrible, <laughs> I should make them the worst Crocs ever. Just get bright, bright, like Pikachu yellow Crocs. Far and away, the topic, uh, the the most popular topic of email this week. Did we talk about Crocs? Yes. All right. Because we got a bunch of emails about Crocs. and From uh, people that have them? No, for people who just deal with them. Two of them from Israel. So apparently <laughs> in Tel Aviv, uh, people are always wearing Crocs, the, the, and especially the bright yellow ones. What? And yeah. what say these people? They're terrible. Oh. Like, like they're, they're awful. They're like, uh, let's see here. Uh, Eli in Virginia compares them to oversized plastic doll shoes. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. And that they they it's they make your feet really sweaty really quickly to the point that it's basically like wearing a sweatsuit on your feet. Uh, I've also seen. Let's see what else do we have here. Uh, uh, Dan in Dover uh, says that you know if you put one drop of water on the floor. That a person standing still in Crocs will fall on their ass immediately. <laughs> awesome! Like good no, to know. no grip whatsoever. Good to know. You know what? You know what Crocs are? I think aren't they just beach shoes? Like for walking around on the beach, so you can like get them wet and go in the water and go on the beach. They look like clamming shoes or something. Like that. The issue is that people are not just wearing them for that. It's yeah. I think it's like a gardening shoe. Like you wear that when you're out in the garden. For stuff like that, it makes sense. But people are just like these are just my these are my Crocs. No, my Crocs they're all the for time. like. It looks like a shoe that would be fine at the beach. You can shake the sand out. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you can get them wet. Right. And you're yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, Robert Bailey uh, writes in and says to paraphrase uh, Jerry Seinfeld: "Wearing Crocs outside is like saying my comfort is more important to me than anything that society has to offer." 
Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty yeah, right I think, on. Yeah, I think if I got a pair of those, I, I would just use them to like, oh, crap, i got to take the garbage out. Like slippers. I don't, I don't want, yeah, but totally. I got, I got, yeah, I've got my flip-flops for my going out to the mailbox See, I don't have back. flip-flops, so I was thinking, like, I should get some, some flip-flops. You get some expensive flip-flops. But I could just get these because they're way dumber. <laughs> Uh, we also uh, asked for suggestions for for what it would be in a panda a panda a panda power bomb, yeah. uh, and we got some some pretty good suggestions. Uh-huh. Uh, this first one comes from Steve, and he says that it's a white Russian, except instead of half, uh, instead of with the uh, the half and half milk, you use uh, chocolate milk. Hmm. But then, but then you end up with a brown drink, and that doesn't say panda to me. What does it say to you? Oh, Oh, let's see here. Uh, Get four shot glasses, one for each. Uh, Get a shaker. Put ice in the shaker. Put 2.5 ounces of vodka. uh, uh, Pour in one ounce of Red Bull or other energy drink. Uh, Pour uh, half ounce of bar mix or lemon juice. Uh, Shake it like you mean it. Pour into four shot glasses. Optional. Garnish with a cucumber because Killer uh, Kowalski was a vegetarian. There's another yeah. another suggestion. I think that the key ingredients in a Panda Power Bomb. I mean, if you're going to be true to the name, it has to be a drop shot drink. Yeah, because it has bomb right in the name. Yeah, totally. I think it has to have some kind of energy element in there because it has power. And Panda either signifies that it needs to be black and white, yeah, or it needs to be Chinese. <laughs> huh. Okay. All right. Well, this is probably the closest. Then one shot creme de menthe, one shot Jägermeister, one shot premium vodka, two shots green tea. Combine mm-hmm. over ice in a highball glass. Serve with a bamboo stick. Yeah, uh, that's so yeah, pretty good. That is ex- yes, perfect. That's pretty good. That sounds like it'd probably be terrible. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to drink any of those drinks. Thank you for everyone who wrote in with those suggestions, though. But I will take it to. The, I, I, I was. I'm overdue to go see my bartender friend. I'll yeah. ask her. Like start with a pint of Guinness. I feel like is a good start. Like kind of like a car bomb, and you're dropping something white into it. Like, I don't know. Drop milk into a Zambuca. Guinness. What? Oh, Zambuca. No. No. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for emails. Thanks to everyone who uh, wrote in. Once You're again, uh, And also thank you, Vinny, You're I guess. Uh, and if you would like to write in, bombcast at giantbomb.com is the address. Uh, that's going to do it, I think, for the podcast. We're going to keep this one tight since we uh, we just did our, our Saturday night podcast. Mm. Uh, like Brad said, we have a ton of stuff going on. We've got a bunch of reviews going up this week. Uh, hopefully a bunch of video also. Uh, mm. By the time you're listening to this, all parts of the PAX panel should be up on the site, Vinny. They should be. They are uploading as we speak. I saw that the first two parts are up before yep. we even started. Third so. one's probably done. So Four and five are putting those up over the, the course of the day. And uh, so you can get a, a feel for what it was like in Seattle. That was fun. Yes, yeah. it was. It was really cool. Uh, uh, I'd, like, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to say in a more cogent way, that was fun. Yes, Let's go around the room and say what we thought of facts. <laughs> it was, I, oh, it was awesome. It was like it was good, but it was like, you know what I mean, man? It was like people were, it was like we were one, man. It was like we were one. Unlistenable. I mean, we lost a video camera, ended up in the lost yeah. and found. No one stole it. Uh, That's actually, we hope. It war- warms my heart to, to know that. Still tracking that down. But at this it, point, if it got <laughs> stolen, it got stolen by the the security the people. people. Yeah, the people running the so convention if, center. If you're watching the panel and you see a video camera filming stuff on stage, that is the <laughs> giant bomb lost footage uh, PAX panel. 
Still trying it to never get made it back. back to the hotel yeah, after, the, after that, I guess. Uh, so. so there was well, there was. It's understandable because there was so much chaos and confusion. Like right at the end of that panel, a bunch of people rushed up to the stage to talk to us, and then but then also immediately after that panel, another panel had to start getting set up. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. But I, I think we walked the line. Probably all of us agree between yes, it would be awesome to get that camera back, but it would have been just as awesome if somebody posted that on their own. <laughs> yeah, if someone found it. Yeah, and then posted that as well as whatever is on the memory stick, <laughs> whatever that may be, whatever that may be. Oh, geez, who could say? Uh, really? Who could say what could be on there? <laughs> legally, well, we still, well, legally, we no, legally no one knows. I don't know what's on there. We still don't have it back yet, so maybe we should uh, hold off on that talk. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I hope I hope that shows up somewhere. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, Ooh. here's hoping. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we got all that stuff. Uh, we got tons. We're gonna of go, stuff. We're gonna go see some some Bioshock. We're gonna go see uh, Will Wright. We're gonna go see all sorts of fun stuff. Peter Molyneux. Uh, we're gonna see. Well, we'll see Peter Molyneux later next week. Like next week, but still before point. the yeah. next podcast. Yeah, no, uh, we are now the season upon us. Ladies and gentlemen, games are coming out. So, Reason for the uh, season. Strap in. It's Dude. pleasing. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and th- thanks again to everyone who came out and uh, and saw us at PAX. Yeah, again, I, I would like to everyone, everyone that, that stopped us while we were walking around the floor. Every, just everyone. It was awesome. It was awesome to get it, to, it, to meet a lot of you dudes. It was very cool to, to meet people in person, to yeah. put be able to say, that's there are actually people out there, not just robots sending me emails. So uh, that was a, a very positive experience. Uh, Yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.